Amen, amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. And uh, thank God for last week's uh, service as well. What a powerful service that was. Amen. What a glorious service that was. Amen. Where you, uh, where you see it determines what you see. And of course, what you see determines what you say. That's so powerful. Where you, where you sit determines what you see. I love it. And I love that uh, acronym. Uh, it's like ACT, uh, Associations, Confession. What's the T now? Is it teachings? There you go. So your associations affect your faith. Amen. Amen. Being around people of faith. Amen. Amen. Being around the word of faith affects your faith. Your confession, what you say, what you hear yourself saying, not only in church, but in your bedroom when you are standing in front of that mirror. <laughs> what you are hearing yourself say affects your, your faith, the, the, validity, the validity of your faith. And of course, the teachings that you receive. I'm going to add to, to that your, uh, where you sit determines uh, what you see, and what you see determines what what you say, and um, based on that T, that teaching, I'm going to add to that, that line, what you eat determines where you sit. What you eat determines where you sit. Amen. So if you want to operate from a higher level of life, you have to change your diet. <laughs> you, you have to change your diet. Amen. Where, what you eat determines where you sit. Amen. Amen. Now, we have already established where you sit determines what you see. Because, you know, you can be sitting in one low place and you are looking and you don't see much because... Everything in front of you is blocking your view. And you can say there is nothing out there. But somebody who is just a little bit more elevated than you are, right? They can see above everybody else and they can see, wow, there's a whole lot out there. So what, where you sit determines what you see. There are many times people say, what do, you, do you say, what do you see? I don't see anything. Well, you may have to check where you are sitting. Because <laughs> your view may be blocked. Right? But also, what elevates where you sit, really? You know, there is a place where princes sit. And commoners can sit there. But what determines whether you are a prince or a commoner in the kingdom of God is really your diet. It's not your culture. It's not how much grammar you can speak. It's, it's not uh, how beautiful you are, how uh, tall or short uh, or, or anything. It is really your diet, your spiritual diet. And you can hear the same thing that you have heard a hundred times, but you can hear it the hundred and one time or first time, and it sounds different. Because the Holy Spirit takes it and converts it to understanding. 
And understanding is what makes spiritual giants. Understanding is what helps you command wisdom and, and knowledge and authority and dominion. I love the, uh, the example uh, 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 that uh, Pastor Emmanuel also gave last week. Uh, he said something that uh, the late Archbishop uh, Benson Daosa used to say. He said, uh, I think something like, if you, if you fall down, pick something up. Is that right? Is that right? It sounds like the kind of thing that man of God would have said. And if you know him, that's right. If you, if you fall down, pick something up. Uh, you know, he was such a man of authority. He was such a man of authority. This past week, I know we were, we were meeting with a, a, a dear partner of the ministry, uh, a, a, dear, a dear friend. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were just celebrating a lot of things that the Lord is doing in a certain region in the country. And I know we started talking about uh, the late Archbishop Benson Idaosa. And we started talking about how God used that man, um, especially in Nigeria and certain parts of Africa, and actually right through the world, right through the world, really. And, um, you know, he, he had such boldness and authority about it. He would just say things. <laughs> he would just declare things. And there was such authority and uh, truly, he, that man said some things that many other people were saying, but there was really nothing happening when they said it. But when he said it, things changed. Things changed. There was a measure of authority in the life of that man of God. It's, it's really where what you eat, your diet, determines where you sit. Your position in the realm of the spirit is determined by your diet. You can read the same thing over and over again, but one time you can read it and the Holy Spirit can take it. That's why manna has to be fresh. We can't come before the word of God and say, I've heard it before, or I've, heard, I've, I've read it before. And no, it has to be, you have to have a fresh, ongoing relationship with God. Every time you come, you have to approach the word of God like it's new. I've never heard this before. It's new. So that the Holy Spirit can take some of those things you think you have heard them before, but he can say something through something you've heard before and you've never heard that before. That's what's responsible for spiritual growth. You remember in the book of Hebrews, Paul was, was kind of a little bit frustrated he was not angry, he was just frustrated. <laughs> you, know, you remember, he said, uh, he said to these people, he said, why is it like, why is it that it's always milk? I mean, you can't get beyond milk. You remember, I think it's uh, Hebrews chapter 5, right? Look at it in verse 12. He said, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that won't teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and you are become such as have need of milk and not of strong milk. See, there is a difference between milk and strong meat. And it is not necessarily the chapter and the verse of the Bible. There is a big difference between milk, what the Bible describes as milk, 
or the milk of the word and strong meat is not necessarily in the chapter and the verse. It is the measure of understanding that is imparted to you. That is what determines whether that's strong meat or whether that's milk, right? But in order to receive understanding, in order to be able to chew on strong meat and eat at a higher level, uh, we must be more available to God. We must be more available to the Holy Spirit. We must shut down the distractions, amen? Look at it here. It says, for everyone, watch this, for everyone that uses milk, that's verse 13, is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For why? He is what? A baby. He is a baby. What do babies? Babies just want to put their hands in their mouth all the time. Right? What's that thing they want to put in their mouth? Uh, what's that? Thank you. Right? Like baby Aurora, what does, what does she have in her mouth right now? She's my preaching, <laughs> she's my preaching buddy <laughs> today. Right? Babies, babies just want... They just want to be, you know, you just, you know, just go easy, have fun. But look at what he says about strong meat. He said, but strong meat belongs to them that are what? Of full age. Even those who by reason of use, somebody say by reason of use. Say it again, say by reason of use. They have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When you become a man or a woman, a grown person in the things of the spirit, in the things of the kingdom of God, then you become very particular about what you put in your mouth. A baby can grab something from the ground. She doesn't know what it is. Where is it going? Straight to the mouth. Anything that baby grabs on the ground, where is it going? Straight to the mouth. When an adult sees something on the ground, number one, first of all, they are suspicious. <laughs> if you entertain an adult in your home and you put something before them, you know, they are looking at that thing very critically. What is this, right? And then when they find out, oh, yeah, I do drink that. If you put something like maybe somebody doesn't really drink a lot or take a lot of sugar, maybe they're a diet coke person, and you put something loaded with a lot of sugar, a drink loaded with sugar, you know, and you tell them, oh, it's, it's coke. What? They say, is it coke zero? No, it's not coke. It's full of, ah, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't drink sugar. I don't drink pop with a lot of sugar. Can you, do you have diet coke? That's an adult who asked that. Hmm? Yeah. That's an adult who asked that question. Yeah. But a baby, anything, they just want to pick it up and put it in their mouth. Mm. Notice what he says there. Strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. So, so let's go back now. Where you sit determines what you see. What you see determines what you say. But... What you eat, your diet, is what determines where you sit. Wisdom is a product of where, where you sit and what you eat. What you are hearing, what you are feasting on, what 
what you are focusing on. How much wisdom you have, how much understanding you have, is a measure of how much the Holy Spirit has mixed the word of God and fed you with it, and you have absorbed it. Hallelujah. Sometimes somebody can say, I don't know what to do, I'm confused. Another person can look at the same situation and say, that's easy, this is what you need to do. What's the difference? It's wisdom. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. This week I had, I had the opportunity of sharing with somebody, a total stranger, I don't think he was, well, total stranger to me, but, you know, we were doing something together. And, you know, I, I remembered something that happened several years ago because he shared with me some things that happened in his own family and where he is at. He's a business person doing work. And I remember something that happened to me several years ago um, in the early days of our ministry, um, a, a couple, a dear brother and a sister, uh, suddenly one morning I was sitting in the, in the church office, unannounced, no preparation, no invitation sent out, no warning. The, the wife came and was knocking on the door of the church office back then. I remember we were using a very small back then. And I opened the door, and she said she was so upset. She was so furious. She was, I said, what is wrong? She said, I'm getting a divorce today. I just needed to come and talk to you so I can get your blessing. And when I get away from here, I'm calling my attorney. I said, why? What's wrong? And she started crying, and she was really upset, and she and she started, you know, she's going over a few things. And so I said, okay. Immediately the wisdom of God came to me. I said, okay, I understand. I understand why you feel the way you feel. I said, but this is what we have to do. Every time you feel bad emotionally or every time you feel emotional, like you are not in control of your judgment, you are feeling upset or you are feeling extremely whatever emotionally, you are bound to make a bad decision. You are bound to make a bad decision. So I said, this is what we are going to do. I totally understand everything you have explained to me. I said, but we are going to give this at least one day. You are going to go back home. Don't worry, don't talk to that. Um, loser husband of yours. <laughs> I, said, I said, but we will give you one day. Don't, don't, just, just take a day. You pray, be quiet. If tomorrow morning when you wake up, you still feel like calling your attorney to arrange divorce, go ahead and do it. You have my blessing. Well, when we, as we were wrapping up that conversation, Guess who showed up at the door? <laughs> we started hearing another knock on the door, and guess who showed up? It was her husband. Oh, I said, okay. We have divine meeting here that we didn't plan. <laughs> so I opened the door, and the husband came in. And the moment he saw his wife, even though she was really crying, she was very upset. He was also very upset. He said he's not going to sit in the same office with her. He needs me to meet with him in a different... I said, okay. So we found another place and we sat down and we talked. 
And he said, uh, I said, what, what's going on? He said, I only came to see you because I'm about to call my attorney today. <laughs> he said, I just want to talk to you first. And after I talk to you, I'm calling my attorney. I said, oh, okay, let's, let's talk. We talked. And when he finished, I said, I totally understand. I understand why you feel the way you feel about this situation. I said, but this is what we are going to do. I want you to sit on this thing for one day. I said, because when you are feeling this emotional, this upset, you are bound to make a bad decision. So I said, leave this for one day. If you are still feeling exactly the way you are feeling right now, tomorrow call your attorney, you have my blessing. Remember, the wife is in the other office crying. The husband is over there in the other end of the church. But the Holy Spirit was working. So we finished, and we were done. Both of them left together, but differently. As the, the wife left first, looked back and was, you know, doing the eye, giving him the eye. And, and the husband also left. I was, okay, I'll, 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 I'll see to you. I'll, I'll catch you. I'll catch up with you. Well, by the following morning, when I checked in, both of them had changed their mind. They were not getting a divorce anymore. They are still married today. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Well, when, when you eat at a higher level, you see differently. Because the Holy Spirit takes Things. They are the same things you've always known. There is nothing I said to that couple that morning that they didn't know before they came to my office. There is nothing I said to them that morning that they did not know before they came. But the Holy Spirit took it and He broke it down. He applied it to them. They had two sons. And of course, one of the things that you know broke my heart the most. Two sons that were teenagers at the time. You know, and I said, you know, think about your sons. And I mentioned their names. And the Holy Spirit used those words to change their lives. And of course, you know, they keep, you keep, you know, you, you deal with things. They come up, you deal with it. Life is not perfect. But all I'm trying to say to you is what you eat determines where you sit. Wisdom that is available in God that you may not have right now is not because you can't have it. It's because you may not be fitting on the right diet. <laughs> you may not be eating the right thing. Glory to God. So let's take a few minutes this morning. How many people are ready for some good heaven, heavenly diet? I say, how many people are ready for some good heavenly diet of faith? Glory to God. Glory to God. Can we take our confession, 2023 confession? I'll be early. I'll, 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 um, I'll, close, I'll close early. I won't keep you at all. While you are seated, let's go through our 2023 confession. It's one of the most powerful things I read periodically. Let's go together. 2023 is my year of new horizons and the full blessing. I declare that I will experience and enjoy the full blessing of the Lord. 
There is new wine in my cluster, and there is a blessing in it. I am on the rise to my highest destiny. And no matter what the elements say, there is a lifting up for me. I am not expecting to participate in a recession, depression, regression, or any other downward turns. I lift my eyes up to the hills from whence cometh my help. I am the blessed, the healed, the favored, and the strengthened of the Lord. I am called according to his purpose, and all things work together for my good. I am declared righteous, and I am vindicated. A new day has dawned for me. The struggle is over forever, and the Lord is adding to me another one, again and again and again and again. Kayode is a lion's whelp, and I am leaping from where I am today to the new horizons of my future. The Tadeshe household is satisfied with favor and full of the blessing of the Lord. We are possessing our inheritance from the west to the south and from the east to the north. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 2023 is my year of remembrance, double honor, and the open door. I am remembered and I am helped. I honor God and he honors me. Grace, 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 his divine ability within me to overcome adversity has positioned me to maximize opportunity. Mountains move, valleys rise. I am on my way to glory land and the Ruach of God will see to it that I get there. God has my back. The promise is in view. And the covenant will deliver. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contends with you, and I will save you and your children. God has my back. The promise is in view. And the covenant will deliver in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I serve the Lord my God with joyfulness of heart in gratitude for the abundance of all his blessings. Therefore, I will never serve my enemy. The Lord will be good to me and he will show me kindness and mercy. I declare by faith that this new season is a fruitful season. And it is a season of full satisfaction, joy, and happiness. 2023 is my year of new horizons and the full blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody say, I believe that. Somebody say, I'm walking in the reality of that. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and let's read a couple of verses from there. We're talking about faith for extraordinary living. I am persuaded is our subtitle. Faith for extraordinary living. I am persuaded. To be persuaded about something means 
I know that I know that I know that I know. I am persuaded God is with me. How about you? I said, how about you? I am persuaded God is for me. How about you? I said, how about you? I am persuaded God is working on my behalf. How about you? I said, how about you? One of the most uh, powerful principles of faith that we're going to talk about in just a couple of minutes here. I'll start up and pick it up next time. Is what I call only, I describe it as only people of faith become distinguished in life. Only people of faith become distinguished in life. There are people defeated and destroyed by giants. But in the same vein, there are people described as giant killers. Some test and trial that run some people out of town and make them give up on their faith in God is the same test and trial that gives fuel to the conviction of some other people and they rise up to a place where they have never been before. Only people of faith become distinguished in life. Somebody say, I will be distinguished in life. Say it again. I will be distinguished in life. I am a man of faith. I am a woman of faith. I believe God. Hebrews 11 from verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. (laughs) For he that comes to God, she that comes to God must believe that God is. And that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. 
I know you have heard so many definitions of faith before. But right here in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 is another powerful definition of faith. Faith is believing that God is. And faith is believing that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. (laughs) Faith is believing God is. It's not that God exists. It's not that God can, he can do things. No, it is God is, period. God is. He is alive. He is well. He is God. He is almighty. All by himself. God is, period. Someone say that with me. God is, period. Say that with me. God is, period. It's a great definition of faith. To believe God is, is faith. (laughs) To believe God is. I see the mountain. I see the opposition. I see the giant. But God is. (laughs) Hallelujah. That is a great definition of faith. God is. I see the bad report. I see the letter. I see the evil testimony. But God is. It's not that God was. It's not that God will be. God is. Today in spite of the giant, God is. Today in spite of the mountain, God is. Today in spite of the darkness, God is. God is. Period. Say that with me. God is. Period. Say that with me. God is. Period. God is. Period. God is. He is alive and well. God is not just the figment of somebody's imagination. God is not just something I think about. God is not just, you know, a Christian science. No, God is. He's alive and well. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God of the Bible. He's the God of today. He's the God of tomorrow. He's the God of forever. God is. Yesterday, God was. God is. Today, God is. God is. Tomorrow, God will be. God is. He never changes. God is. Period. God is, period. Hallelujah. God is. And God is not an absentee father. God is never absent. God is. God is in my situation. (laughs) Whether I feel it or not, God is in my situation. Oh, ha, ha. God is. God is. God is. God knows everything. He knows everything I'm dealing with. He knows everything I'm confronted by. God is. God is. God is. To believe that is great faith. To believe that is great faith. God is. God is. God is. He's alive. I don't serve a dead God. My God is not sick. My God is present. He's an ever present help in the time of trouble. 
He is my light and my salvation. God is. He is the Lord, my shepherd. He is my rock. Hallelujah. God is. God is. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. God is. God is. God is. God is. From the moment I knew him, from the moment I turned my life over to him, it's been over 35 years, but he has never changed. He has been the same God. I have never been in a situation where God has not been present. God is. God is. I know that I know that I know that I know God is. And God is and God is with me. You see, because God is, I can say God is with me. I can add with me because I know God is. I can add for me. God is for me because I know God is. I can say he's working for me. God is working on my behalf because I know God is. God is. God is, period. God is. I'm not faced. That's why, that's why that man said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm only moved by the word of God. My friends, I'm not moved by anything. I'm moved only by the word of God. Like Smith Wigglesworth used to say, if God says it, that settles it. If God says it, that settles it. God is. Shout it out loud, God is. It's one of the greatest definitions of faith. God is. But the second definition, which is what completes the first part of that definition, is that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is... And he is not blind. God is. And he is not unaware. The Bible says he is a rewarder. I believe that God takes records. Oh, hallelujah. I believe in heaven there is a book of remembrance. That God actually documents. I believe God takes account. God takes records. He is a rewarder. And as God takes records and as he takes accounts, he puts some people's names in the book of his rewards and in the book of his remembrance. I will remember her when the time comes. I will remember him when the day arrives. He is a rewarder. Every time you diligently seek God, every time you diligently do something for the Lord, he keeps a record. He keeps a record. God will never forget. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. The Bible says he is not unfaithful that he should forget your labor of love in that you have ministered and still minister to the saints. God has a day of reward. And God's day of reward is not just in heaven. God's day of reward is also here on this earth. God has rewards for the people that serve him. God has reward for the people that seek him. God has reward for the people that love him. God has reward for the people that walk with him. God is. God is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I believe 
believe that God will be faithful to you. I believe that God will be faithful to his word to perform it in your life. I believe that God is not unaware of the good that you have done. God is not unaware of the seeds that you have sown. God is not unaware of the days and the weeks and the months and the hours and the years in which you have sought him, in which you have gone after him, in which you have obeyed his word. He is a rewarder. Oh, I believe you with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. So, what is this definition of faith? There are two parts. God is, period, and God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is, and God is a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. To believe that is faith. To believe that is faith. Faith is a confidence. Faith is an assurance. Faith is a persuasion. Faith is a conviction. Faith is certainty in who God is and what God does. God is. And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Look in verse 2 here. He says, by faith the elders obtained a good report. Not everybody obtains a good report. Not everybody obtains a good report. But the ones who believe that God is. And the ones who believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Will obtain a good report. By faith the elders obtained a good report. I am on my way to obtaining a good report. How about you? I am on my way to obtaining a good report. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to jump down here to verse 32. I want, to, I want you to see a couple of things before my time is out here. I want you to see a couple of things about how faith distinguishes God's people. When you believe God is, and when you believe God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, you automatically take on certain characteristics that belong to God alone. Faith makes you like God. Faith makes you like God. One time in the New Testament, in John chapter 10, when Jesus was saying, I'm the son of God, and he was saying all of these things about what God will do because he is the son of God. And all, the people, the religious leaders, they got very offended. Why is he equating himself to God? And then Jesus 
reminded them. Actually, I should show you this scripture before we read that last part of Hebrews 11. Look at that John chapter 10. I'm going to find that verse in just a minute. He reminded them. He said, have you not read what the word of God says? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, well, then how can you be offended that I call myself the son of God? Look at it. What verse is this? Verse 34. <laughs> Look at it. In, first in verse 33, the Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man, watch this, you being a man make yourself God. The reason they said that is because he called himself the son of God. Jesus answered them in verse 34. Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Say ye of him, whom the father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the son of God. If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I am in him. What is he saying? Faith makes you like God. Faith makes you like God. Faith equates you. To divinity. You are an ordinary man. But faith makes you like God. That phrase, I can't, I am not able, I, I don't know how. Those phrases should never come out of your mouth. Those kind of things should never come out of your mouth. I can't, I don't know, I'm not able. I, I will. Not, those things should never come out of your mouth. Faith makes you like God. Have you ever heard God say, I am not able? Have you ever heard God say, I don't know how? Have you ever heard God say, I cannot? No. God, God, the characteristic of God becomes attached to you, becomes imparted to you by faith. He said, he called them gods unto whom the word came. The word of God is what makes you like God. Faith in the word of God. Is what makes you like God. Let's go to the bottom of Hebrews 11 verse 32. And just read a couple of these verses where he describes these great people who accomplished and were distinguished by faith. He said in verse 32, And what shall I more say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak. And of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and the prophets. What did these people have in common? He tells us. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions... Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turn 
to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. What did these people have in common? Faith. Faith made them like God. Look at how the Bible describes them. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. God bless you. Through faith, they wrought righteousness. Through faith, they obtained promises. Through faith, they stopped the mouth of lions. Through faith, they quenched the violence of fire. Through faith, they escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, these people here were just ordinary people. Like the man we heard about during the offering, who was walking on water like Jesus, he was just an ordinary man. These were not people who were distinguished because of some natural characteristic that they had. Huh? Philip didn't walk on water because he had some lineage somewhere. Peter, forgive me. Peter didn't walk on water because he had some lineage somewhere that predisposed him to being able to walk on water. How was Peter able to walk on water? Faith. Faith. And when you start in faith, you must continue in faith. Right? I remember one time the Lord said to me, if you think you will swim, uh, you will sink. <laughs> if you think, you will sink. That is, when you start walking on water, don't think about it. Just keep doing it. Because the moment you start thinking too much about it, you will start sinking. The moment you start thinking, ah, I can't believe I'm walking on water. Ah, is this water or is this the ground? Ah, how come my feet are not sinking into it? Ah, hey, is this me? Peter? The son of Simon? Is this really me, Peter? When you start thinking, you will sink. The only way faith works, you start out in faith, just keep walking. You start out in faith, keep doing what? Keep walking. Keep walking. Listen to this. Faith empowers believers to do exploits because they are backed by that force called faith. Oh, I love it. Faith empowers believers to do exploits because they are backed by that force called faith. Faith is not a feeling or emotion, but a powerful force. 
Faith is not a feeling or emotion, but a powerful force. How you feel is not what gets your faith going. You have to be careful how you lean on how you feel. You have to be careful how you depend on your feelings. God is often not in our feelings. God is in faith. Say that again. God is often not in our feelings. God is in faith. Your feelings go up and they go down. If God was in your feelings, he couldn't keep up. God is not in feelings. God is in faith. Whenever faith is present, God is present. Whenever faith is present, God is present. Whenever faith is present, God is present. What we need in every situation of life is to call faith up. Call faith. Shut everything down and call faith. Where are you, faith? Come on, faith. It's time for faith. Where are you? You may be feeling down. What we need is to call faith up. Where are you, faith? How do we call faith? The word of God. The promises. What did God promise you? He promised you everlasting life. He promised you abundant life. He promised you life without limits. He promised you grace, favor, blessings. No matter how you feel, call up faith. How do we call up faith? Find the word of God and what is promising you in the moment. Let me close. When the angel came to Gideon, you see Gideon quoted, you see him named as one of the people there in Hebrews 11. What shall I more say in verse 32? He said, and what shall I more say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon. Well, what do you remember about Gideon? When the angel came to him, God needed a deliverer for his people. When the angel came to him, what did the angel say to him? What did the angel say to him? Huh? Thou mighty man of valor. What did Gideon say back to the angel? Is there somebody else this angel is talking to? Why did Gideon, why did he think that? Why did he respond that way to the angel? In fact, he started to break down his historical, his genealogical, right? Say, I'm from the least family. 
My father's house is the least. Right? You know what? He has been eating the diet from his low family heritage. Nobody feeds on the diet of the word of God at that high level and call themselves the least in their father's house. It's impossible. It's impossible. Some people will read this now and say, that's humility. They will even give Gideon an award of humility. The most humble person in the Old Testament. God saw it and God thought that was foolishness. God looked at him and said, Almighty man of valor. Almighty man of valor. What would it have taken for Gideon to be able to see himself the way God saw him? He had to change his diet. He had to change his diet. Your status in life will never change until you change your diet. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know some things from 20 years ago. Maybe you remember some things from 15. But it doesn't make you a giant killer. You just have a load, a boatload of information. That's all it is. Information does not move one mountain. Information does not move him. If you don't believe me, ask the 12 spies who went to spy out the land. They couldn't do one little thing. They brought back the evidence, the big grapes on their shoulders to come and show everybody. There are big grapes. Oh, wow. Everything God said is true. They had information. But when it came time to go take the land, what did they say? We cannot. We be not able. Is that they said? They will be not able. In order to step up and to be distinguished in life, to become a person of faith who is distinguished in life, you have to change your diet. Remember something I said at the beginning of the service? It's not the, your, the diet is not chapter and verse based. It's not whether you are reading Genesis or you are reading John. Of course, you should read more in the New Testament and in the epistles. Yeah, great. But the diet is in how much the Holy Spirit has room in your life to give you understanding and revelation based on what you are reading. Wisdom you did not have last year, you should have more today. Understanding you did not have last year, you should have more today. But the only way that will happen, you have to change your diet. You have to step up higher. I say you have to step up higher. Hmm? You can't stay in that place talking about my father's house is the least in the, in the whole Israel. I am, I am the least in my father's house. And, and God is looking at you and saying, you mighty man of Allah. And you keep talking about, I just don't feel that way. God is not in your feeling, he's in faith. And whenever faith is present, God is present. Would you stand to your feet? Let's close this service today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm changing my diet. How about you? <laughs> it's time.
Hmm? Wanting to be pampered and wanting to be, oh, don't worry. Yeah, you feel that way, but it's okay. You are not the only one in the world who feels that way. It's all right. Oh, poor baby. You don't feel so good about it. All these things are against you. You feel bad about your situation. Yeah, God understands. Yeah, that's, that's good enough for a baby. We pamper them. They feel better. But it's time to go up higher. It's time to go up higher. It's time to eat at a higher level. It's time to lay hold on understanding that is available that the Holy Spirit wants to impart to us. It's time to lay hold on that understanding. It's time to lay hold on what the Lord has made available to us through the Holy Spirit to be willing to give it our focus, our heart, our attention and to take what the Lord has prepared. Somebody say, I'm ready to feed at a higher level. Say, I'm ready to feed at a higher level. That means now you will not cry anymore when there are trials that come your way. You will not cry over adversity. Things are not going well. You will not say, oh, why me? Why me? Nah, why me? Why me is not faith. Why me is not faith. I want you to make a commitment to feed at a higher level. Go ahead and talk to the Lord. Lord, here I am. I present myself to you today. A higher diet. Next level. Next level. I'm ready. Next level. I'm tired of being babied and being a baby. It's time for my next level. Lord, I want to move some mountains. It doesn't even have to be the greatest mountains. I just want to move some mountains. Lord, I want to kill some giants. It doesn't have to be as big as Goliath, but I want to kill some giants. It's time to feed at a higher level. <laughs> Lord, I want to advance in destiny. It doesn't have to be full speed ahead. Lord, I just want to make some progress. Feed at a higher level. Feed at a higher level. <laughs> Jesus said something to, uh, to some people. He said, he said, be careful what you hear. And then in another place, he said, be careful how you hear. What you hear and how you hear determine your diet. What you are hearing, what you are constantly hearing, and how you are hearing it. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm ready to go up. I'm ready for my new horizon. 2023 will not pass before I get up to my new horizon. 2023 will not go past me until I get up to my new horizon. Until I do things that I've never done before. Until I arrive at levels that you are prepared for me. Until I reign in life like the prince that I am, like the princess that I am. Help me feed at a higher level. Help me feed at a higher level. Lord, to begin to dominate 
in my environment. To begin to dominate and exercise spiritual jurisdiction. To be able to walk in authority and dominion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Start out this week. If you don't have a concordance, start out this week. When you read something, find at least one other reference. Find something and don't just read two verses and shut it and go. No. Find a time in the day. Read some word. When you read that word, find a reference. Find some reference. Look for what, what is it that can explain it better. And take a few minutes to meditate on it before you move on. Feed at a higher level. Feed at a higher level. Feed at a higher level. Practical commitment. I will feed at a higher level. I will feed at a higher level. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much. I thank you for your precious people today. Thank you for your mighty presence in this service. Thank you for your holy word. Oh, thank you as you have dished out understanding and knowledge and wisdom. And we are fed on it. We have, we have sucked up on it. We have loaded up on it. Let this word, Father, as we absorb it, as we meditate it, as we dream it, as we think about masticate it, let it add spiritual muscles to us. Let it help us elevate in our faith. Grant us the grace, O oh God, to confront the giants, to fight the giants, to overcome the giants. You called us mighty men of valor, mighty women of valor. Help us, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding. Help us see ourselves like that. Help us approach life like that. Help us approach our situations like that. In the name of Jesus. No more baby stuff. No more milk. No more milk. We've drank this milk for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. Lord, we want strong meat now. We want strong meat. We are supposed to go and help other people in their walk of faith. Help us, Father. Help us to begin to put to work what we have heard for many years. And those of us that are just beginning to hear. Those of us that are just committing to the things of God. Let this milk build us up. And accelerate our walk with you. And take us to the realm where we become people of faith. People that are distinguished by faith. Father, we thank you. I give you glory and praise for all your precious people. I bless them in the name of Jesus. Everyone today under the sound of my voice. Those that are here in this room present. Those that are joining us online. Those that will listen to these messages and, and follow these services afterwards. I speak the blessing of heaven upon them. 
In the name of Jesus, I declare they are set up for a testimony. <laughs> All of this year, so many of your people have enjoyed and are enjoying great testimonies. Things they didn't think will happen in their lives. Things they didn't know you had prepared. And they are walking in the reality of it. I declare none of your people will be exempt from that blessing. Every man, every woman will have a testimony. Every man, every woman will have a testimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We give you praise, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Go ahead, shout hallelujah, somebody. Somebody say, Jesus is Lord. Say, say I'm, I'm going up to a higher level. I'm feeding at a higher level. I'm working at a higher level. I'm producing greater miracles. Greater testimonies. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.